Hi guys, I'm so excited to be back with you today, um, continuing our teaching series on the Sermon on the Mount. I hope that you were able to join us last week as we had Missions Week, and um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. And we are going to be back here on our YouTube channel for the rest of the semester, every week like normal, continuing our teaching series. So tonight I'm going to be talking about prayer. Um, out of Matthew 6. We'll get to the scripture in a little while. I did want to mention, though, that um, this passage is tied together prayer and fasting, but I'm actually not going to get into fasting tonight because it just seemed like um, too much information to put in one YouTube video. But if you are interested in learning more about fasting, I would love to share some resources and some different ideas with you. You can email uncxainfo at gmail.com and I will get back to you. We can have a conversation, share some resources. Um, so I'm going to jump in. We're going to talk about prayer. And I have a question just to start off. Um, why do you pray? Have you ever wondered what purpose prayer serves? Uh, if you know me right now, like in, in life, or you've been around me at all this past year or watched any of our teaching videos on the YouTube channel where I've been speaking, you've probably heard me talk about how much the events of the past year with the pandemic and everything that's going on in our country um, has really shifted and challenged a lot of things in my personal life, um, in my spiritual life. And at the risk of sounding a little bit like a broken record here, um, this last year has really challenged and stretched my view of prayer. And specifically, I've been asking questions about why we pray um, what is the point of prayer, and what is it supposed to accomplish? A year ago, when all this craziness started, I was praying some really specific prayers uh, for our nation, for our ministry here at UNC, and for some things in my personal life that I really wanted to see God move in. Um, and none of these things felt like selfish or superficial prayers, and I actually felt like God was leading me to um, believe him and pray for these things. Um, and I did. I prayed persistently. I brought friends into some of these prayer requests with me. I continued in prayer even when it felt scary or impossible, um, like God wouldn't, couldn't do the things that I was praying for. Um, I did all the things I felt like I was supposed to do, like God was leading me to do, and still, uh, God didn't do the things that I was praying for. And in fact, in some of the things he did, the exact opposite of what I was praying for. And it just made me ask God, what's the point? Because I kind of thought that the point was for me to be honest about, like with God about where I was, um, what I needed, and to be persistent in praying. And when I believed him for those things, then I would see him work something good in those areas. Not like it had to look exactly like how I wanted it to look, but that I would be able to see something good in my life come out of that prayer. And when I didn't see that, I was just really confused. And I thought, why even pray? If the point of prayer is to bring our needs to God, and yet he doesn't always meet those needs when we pray, um, why even pray? 
And before you think that this is one of those sermons that starts off with a really hard question and then by the end wraps everything up in a neat little bow that answers all of the questions, um, this isn't that. Because honestly, what I think we see in scripture and in life is that sometimes God does answer prayers exactly how we think he's going to. Sometimes it's not exactly how we think he's going to, but we can see the good come out of that. And then sometimes um, it feels like he doesn't really answer the prayer or we feel like we can't see anything good come out of that prayer. And I wish I knew why God answers some prayers and not others. Um, but I honestly think that that might be something that we don't get to know on this side of eternity. And I'm still sorting through that in my own spiritual life and in my relationship with God. And I think that's okay. Um, but I bring all this up to say that while the passage we're looking at today doesn't solve all of my questions about prayer, at least from what I can see right now, it does help me answer what's the point, or at least what's a point of prayer. This passage gives me a reason to keep praying, even in the face of disappointment and questions about unanswered prayers. And my hope is that it helps you answer that question of what's the point for your prayer life as well. Whether you have never prayed or you only pray in church, you feel like prayer is boring and lifeless, or you're intimidated by praying the right way, the right words, or um, you love prayer and you pray every day and you feel like you really have a vibrant prayer life. Um, I hope that what we see from Jesus today will convince all of us that prayer is worth our time. It will cause us to examine our prayer lives and deepen the content of our prayers. And that ultimately it will give us a reason to keep praying through all of the seasons of our lives and faith. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to jump in in verse 7, but first let's take a minute just to orient ourselves to what's going on. Um, so remember that we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is teaching a primarily Jewish audience what it looks like to be a follower of God while living on earth. Many of the people that he's talking to were practicing Jews, so they would be familiar with and already doing a lot of these practices and principles that he's addressing, but Jesus is deepening and challenging their understanding of what it means to follow God by not only talking about what they do, but their motivations behind their actions. And his central message is, if you are a follower of God, it matters not only what and how um, you practice your Christianity in life, but why? And specifically in this section, Jesus is addressing the spiritual disciplines of giving and prayer and fasting. And so where we're going to jump in, um, he has been talking about what prayer isn't before he shows us by example what prayer is. So join me in Matthew chapter 6 verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus is telling us here that God doesn't need us to pray these long, eloquent, rambling prayers in order to hear us, which is good news for all of us. But did you catch the reason why? Um, that's the thing I really want to hone in on here. Um, he says that God already knows what we need, so he doesn't need us to tell him in prayer. 
So that means that if the only reason we pray is to ask God for things that we need, that prayer um, really is pointless because God already knows what we're going to pray about and he doesn't need us to tell him what we need. And yet, prayer is all over scripture. Um, Jesus prays regularly and commands us to do the same. So there must be a reason for prayer that goes beyond just asking God what we need and listing our needs before God. And then Jesus shows us by example how and what and why we pray. Uh, verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. If you don't recognize this, um, this is what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And Jesus is such a genius of a teacher here because this is like if you've ever had an exam where the professor has let you bring like a three by five note card um, and you can fill in as much information on that note card as you can fit and take it with you as a cheat sheet on the exam. Um, this is that note card for life as a follower of Christ. Jesus packs so much truth into this little, easy to memorize prayer. Um, I wish we had time to dive into all the details tonight, but what I really want us to notice here is that Jesus tells us um, to remember some important things about God and our relationship with him. Um, and I want to go through some of those things and then tease out what that might be saying about why we pray. Um, so if you look at how Jesus starts the prayer, he says, Our Father in heaven. This does more than just tell us who we're praying to. It reminds us of the relationship that we have with the God that we pray to. He is our Father. We are his children. Think for a second about what that means. The relationship between a father and his child is a close, intimate relationship. A child is dependent on their father, and it's the father's responsibility to protect and provide for and care for and love that child. And this is our relationship with the God of heaven. And so right out of the gate, Jesus reminds us in his prayer of the relationship that we have with God, that he is our father and that he cares for us. And it's that understanding that is the foundation for the next thing that Jesus does in prayer. He prays, God, because you are Father and because you are higher than me, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not mine, but yours. Jesus shows us what it looks like to submit ourselves and our plans and our will to God. Because he is Father and we are dependent on him to take care of us, we choose to let him lead us and we declare that to ourselves and to God in prayer. Um, by praying that his kingdom and his will would be done on earth, even and especially if his will comes into conflict with our will. Um, Jesus' prayer is a reminder that we have chosen submission, that we have chosen to let God lead us. Um, because our Father is higher than we are.
Now, notice how everything so far in Jesus' prayer has been sort of centered around God. And now he brings the prayer down to us. He brings it down to even our needs. Um, but I think when we, when we talk about this, you're going to notice that the way he prays about needs is a little bit different than the way that a lot of us pray about our needs. He says, give us today our daily bread, which seems like a little bit of a weird thing to pray. Um, but Jesus' Jewish, uh, Jewish audience would have heard immediately um, an allusion to a story in Exodus in the Old Testament where God brought their ancestors out of slavery from Egypt and they were wandering around in the desert and they were hungry. And so God literally made bread fall from the sky to feed them. And so Jesus' prayer here is both a request for God to provide and a reminder that God has provided in the past and is a provider. This next part, verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. This again is request and reminder. We need God to forgive us when we do things that go against his plan, but in the same way, we're called to offer the same forgiveness we have received from God to other people. And Jesus' prayer reminds us that God is forgiveness, that we have forgiveness in him. But it also reminds us that we are called to forgive other people. And just as a side note, um, if you want to learn more about this topic of forgiveness, there's a, there's a video on our YouTube channel that Tyler did a couple weeks ago about this topic. You should check that out. Um, and then the very last part of Jesus' prayer requires a little bit of context. Remember, we're in Matthew, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, and right before this, in the book of Matthew, we get this scene where Jesus is led into the wilderness, and he is, um, his faith is tested in several ways by Satan. And Jesus doesn't um, give in to the lies of Satan. He actually, God brings him out of that situation with his faith intact. And so Jesus prays here, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you see our pattern? There's a request. It's okay for us to ask God not to lead us in times of suffering and temptation and trial. Um, but there's also a reminder that if he does, he will deliver us uh, from the attacks of the enemy, and we will emerge from those times with our faith intact, just like Jesus did in the wilderness. And so there you have it. That's Lord's Prayer. Um, I told you that it was a whirlwind. I told you that it was loaded. So let's circle back to our original question about why we pray and what does this show us about why we pray? I think that um, at least what I learned from this is that one purpose of prayer is to remember. Jesus is a really smart teacher. He knew that there would be seasons in our lives where circumstances would make it easy for us to forget who God is and who we are and what life with him means. And so he shows us how this conversation between us and God that we call prayer can be used as a tool to remember and recommit to truths about God and life with God that life and circumstances would make it otherwise very easy to forget. Um, and, and this makes sense. Like, 
This is why we're told in Ephesians to pray at all times and in 1 Thessalonians to pray without ceasing and in James to pray in times of suffering and joy and sickness and sin and in other words, all seasons of our lives. Because if we've developed this habit of constantly reminding ourselves of what's true in prayer, then when circumstances tell us something different, when they try to lie to us, we already know what's true and we can stand on that because we've been saying it to ourselves and saying it to God consistently in prayer. And we know also how to keep reminding ourselves of truth. Um, we can rely on that discipline that we've built in prayer to keep coming back and recommitting ourselves to things that life makes it hard to believe. Um, and, and I just think about how much like this understanding would have changed this past year for me. If I had been constantly reminding myself how much Jesus is Father and what His care for, him, care for me means, um, it would have been so much easier for me to believe that through this year where life made that really hard to believe. And I think about how in times where we wrestle with our sin and where Satan tries to attack us with a lot of shame, how much easier it would make to believe in God's forgiveness if we had this constant habit of reminding ourselves that God is a forgiver in our prayer life. Um, or even in times of joy and happiness where things are going well, isn't it easy to forget that we commit to God's will and building his kingdom and not our own? And wouldn't it be easier for us to remember that if we had this habit in our lives of constantly reminding ourselves of that in prayer? And so the brilliant thing about the Lord's Prayer is that it is both an already formulated prayer and a template for how to pray. So if you want to start using prayer as a practice of remembrance and you don't really know how, you can just start by praying the Lord's Prayer back to God. Or you can take the principles in the Lord's Prayer, some of the things we talked about tonight, and put them in your own words and then pray them back to God. Or you can take um, another scripture that says truths that are found in the Lord's Prayer that remind you of things that you need to know about God, and you can pray those back to God. There's really no right or wrong way to do this. Um, the important thing is that we have this tool and we use this tool to revitalize our prayer lives, to revitalize our faith in seasons where it's hard to believe truths about God. Um, and so what this looks like for me in my life right now is I just mentioned that I have a hard time remembering the fatherhood of God and the way that he cares for us. And so I've been spending some time in recent weeks as I've been studying this um, in, that in that first part of the Lord's Prayer where it talks about his fatherhood. And I found some scriptures that affirm that quality of God and I've been using that in prayer back to God. And I've even gone back in my journals and remembered times where I can see his care for me in my life. Um, and I have used that to say, God, you have been this for me. Now be this for me now, um, your care and your fatherhood. And so again, um, this can look a lot of different ways. But I think the important thing is that, that we take the example that Jesus gives us in the Lord's Prayer and, and use our prayer life not only as a way to declare what we need from God, but as a way to remember who God has revealed himself to be. 
Um, and so I thought, what better way to end this tonight than to pray the Lord's Prayer, because that's what we spend the time in. So I'll pray that over us as a close and then um, close out the video. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one if you do. And Lord, teach us what it looks like to remember and to recommit ourselves to truths about you through this prayer when life makes it hard to believe the things that scripture says about you and the things you have revealed about yourself. Lord, re revitalize our prayer lives and teach us to use them not to, not to just declare our needs, but to declare who you are and who you have called us to be and what life with you looks like. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for watching.